Good morning. My name is Tom Walteis. I'm the director of Geneva Campus Ministry here at the University of Iowa. My office is actually right outside uh, the door over here uh, in this building, and we've had a great partnership with One Ancient Hope. Sad to see Pastor Didi leave. I had a great time and wonderful partnership in working with him, and we look forward to renewed partnerships when you get also new pastoral leadership as well. In the meantime, I might be filling in at times here in worship and in preaching as well. When Didi asked me to preach, he said, I'm preaching through the third book of the Psalms. The third book of the Psalms reflects times of distress very much in the nation of Israel. Out of the time of their national exile, many of the Psalms reflect that. And so I started to think about some of them, and every time I'd pick one, I would listen and Didi would preach on that one. So I thought, well, I'll go more towards the end, and then I thought, oh, I love Psalm 87. And two weeks ago, Didi preached on that one as his farewell message. And so he left me one of the most difficult psalms of the Psalter, Psalm 88. It is a lament. Lament. It's an old word. Some children viewing online may not even know the word. It's not in common usage that much. But we're starting to hear it more. In theological circles and church circles, there's a great deal of discussion now about lament. It was not foreign to Israelite experience. The majority of the Psalms in the Old Testament are lament Psalms. But Psalm 88 is one of the most difficult. Lament is an expression of frustration, of complaint, of looking at the troubles and anxieties, and that's what we're going to have to wrestle with today as well. If I ask, and I don't expect responses here, but in your own minds, if you're viewing online as well, what are we lamenting now? Unfortunately, too many obvious answers jump to our minds. Christus' prayer had elements of lament in the issues we wrestle with. With COVID-19, with racial conflict and injustice, with issues of policing. I'm also a police chaplain, and I work with the police, and I know they're also wrestling with these same issues. We are wrestling with economic uncertainty and inequity. Some are directly wrestling with issues of health, related to the virus or other issues.
and too much every day we see the statistics and we're forced to wrestle with death itself. Whether that's just in those numbers of people we don't know or maybe somebody that we do. So we lament. But why? Lament is an act of truthfulness. Lament is looking honestly at the struggles and problems of our lives and on our world and not ignoring them. It's not the denial of grief. It is the confrontation of grief. And that can lead to anger, and that's right. We will lament to be honest. We lament that God may hear our complaints. We lament to bring together both a strange hope and a very real grief. To bring those together in a synergy that may accomplish something we do not expect. but it is not easy to lament. Psalm 88 begins, and it addresses God, and it says, Lord, you are the God who saves me. Night and day I cry out to you. It addresses the Lord, and that translation is of the special, unique, divine name of God. It is a name that says, you may call me by a personal name. A name of promise, fundamentally promising, I am here. I am your God. I am with you. And the psalmist cries out to that God and says, where are you? I cry out to you, and I'm hearing no answer, and that's the struggle. He begins with that cry. And his first word starts well. It is that word, Lord, addressing God by name as a personal being who cares. And that's where he starts. Three times throughout the psalm, he addresses God. The second time in the middle of verse 9, there's a slight subtle difference. He starts with I. And secondly, Lord, something's changed a little bit in his address. The third time he calls out to God in verses 13 and 14, the change is subtle yet a little different. Now the Lord is the third word in the original. The distance is growing between him and God as he cries out. He's feeling farther and farther away from God. And that's his anxiety. That's why he's calling out night and day, because he's getting no answer. God seems farther and farther away. Unfortunately, you may know that too. Whatever leads you to lament in your personal life or in the world around you, you may call out and call out and wonder where God is and why there is no answer. 
when it is personal in your struggles, you feel very alone in your calling. But you are not. The psalmist joins you. The psalmist knows that place as well and called out from it, from the pit. Maybe a euphemism for the grave itself. For he feels he's going into death, into darkness. The last word of the song is darkness. When you're in that darkness and you call out, you feel alone, but the psalmist joins you in that pit. And gives you words, for often we cannot speak ourselves in those situations. In the 16th century, a monk called John of the Cross wrote a book that is still out there and used in spiritual disciplines called The Dark Night of the Soul. He was a monk, but he knew the darkness. And he wrote of it. He wrote of that sense of calling and not getting an answer. Of calling and calling and feeling dry and weary and near unto death. And he also knows this experience and gave expression to it. And for centuries now, people have read those words and helped them understand how they felt when they lament. I remember a few years back, Mother Teresa, in an interview, saying, for years she prayed and felt she had no answer. In the midst of her struggle with the desperations of India and the sickness and poverty, she called out and she kept working, but she kept saying, why is there no answer? And we read... In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus' words upon the cross. From another lament psalm, Eli, Eli, lamna sabachthani. They even put it in the original Aramaic language because it struck so deep to their hearts and to their language that the translators, when they brought it into Greek, they translated it, yes, but they kept the original. It's an expression of the deepness of the heart that can only come out with these foreign words. Eli, Eli, lamna sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is lament. And Christ made it as well. We are not alone in our lament. But that's the problem. The problem is, where's the answer? The troubles of life overwhelm us. The questions and concerns lead us to lament, as they did the psalmist as well. He is overwhelmed. Feels like he's drowning and the waves keep crashing over him. He feels like he's going into the pit, into darkness and despair and death itself. Now we know those struggles and unfortunately we know them too well right now and too many people in those situations and maybe we ourselves at times 
or even now. But the problem is even greater than that. It's even greater than the struggles of this world and its problems. The psalmist goes on and says the problem is theological. The problem is God. Because he says this doesn't just happen. He says, God, you are doing this to me. And that makes no sense. And he says, God, I feel like I'm about to die, and that makes no sense. That's no answer. You are not honored by death, God. The dead do not praise you. So death is no answer at all. So God, I cry out to you. There was another Old Testament character of Job. A man whose life was wonderful and wealthy and had no wants and was righteous. And then disaster came. He lost his wealth. He lost his children. And he cries out and laments before God and he says, this makes no sense. Why was I even born into this kind of world? And then his friends show up and they try to give an answer. But the text makes it clear that their answers are not good. They are not helpful. They are some basic theology that sometimes in some situations may apply but they don't in Job's situations. The friends are trying to give an easy answer that defends God, but it ends up persecuting Job. They're looking for an answer. We don't fault them for that. But they had no answer. They said, well, God is probably punishing you. And Job says, no, that doesn't apply. And he's right. They say, God is trying to teach you a lesson. And he says, what kind of lesson could you learn from this? Or they say, God is just training you, teaching you, disciplining you. And Job says, that's no answer. And unfortunately, too often as I read theologians' statements, preachers' statements today, they are trying to give an answer that is no answer. That is a cheap answer. That is a false answer. That is not God's way of dealing with this struggle and what we lament about. We want to defend God. We want to explain it to the world, just like Job's friends did. The psalmist does not fall victim to that. He raises the complaint. He says, God, I don't understand what's going on here. This makes no sense. I have no answer. But he doesn't give a cheap answer. He confronts the problem. And there is the confusion. 
He ends with darkness. Can we end there? We can't go past it too quickly for sure. The confusion is there, just like for the writer of Ecclesiastes. He says, I tried to look at the world, and here's my theme. Meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. I can't figure it out. There is no answer. I look at human work. Yes, work is good, but it gives no fundamental answer. It doesn't solve the problem. I look at human pleasures. Pleasures are good, but it doesn't satisfy my soul and give me a fundamental answer. I look at wealth. It doesn't solve the problem. The problem is the world is broken and there is death. And he ends, meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. True of lament is to be honest about the problem and not jumping to a cheap answer that the world will say, no, that's no answer. And so the psalmist wrestles and we wrestle. Job wrestled with his friends and with God himself. Job did not get a fundamental answer to his question of why this was happening, but he did get a response from God. God shows up to Job and says, Now, Job, let me ask you some questions. You've been questioning me. That seems okay and right and good, but God says, okay, I'll give you a response. Let me ask you some questions. Where were you when I created this world? Do you understand the ways of all the animals in their birth and in their death and in their lives and their purposes? Do you control the water and the weather? God asks these questions of Job and Job fundamentally has to say, as he concludes, I know that you can do all things. The purposes of yours cannot be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen, and I will speak, and I will question you, and you shall answer me. My eyes had heard of you, but now my, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself, and I repent in dust and ashes. What Job realizes is he thought he was God. He thought he could ask the questions and make the demands and say, God, you must answer me. And God says, no, you are not God. 
Job is knocked off his throne. And by throne there, his, I mean, Job thought it was his throne. And it was not. There is only one enthroned upon the heavens and over all the earth. And so Job is also less left, not with a full answer, but with a response that says, in our lament, don't give cheap answers that make it look like you have the knowledge of good and evil. From the very beginning, we have sought that knowledge, and it is not ours. And when we try to give cheap answers, we make ourselves God. And the world sees that we are not and rejects the one who is. And so the psalmist says, be honest, lament, call out to God, cry out when you do not understand to the one who does. It doesn't mean you'll get an answer. But the effort, the action is to call out when you have no answer. To call out to the one who is on the throne. To call out to the one who knows our cry and made it on the cross himself. Who knows us fully in our lament. And when Christ called out, he got no answer as well. I was reading on my walking, or listening actually, to a collection of essays on the problem of evil in the world and the ways it's been answered throughout history. And the, the lecturer gave a interpretation of his divine comedy. The famous phrase over the archway of hell, abandon all hope, you who enter here. I smile a little bit, although it's a terrible saying in many ways. I smile because we put it over the doorway that led down the basement stairs to the bottom of the library where my study carol was in grad school. Anybody in grad school might understand that. I always thought it was a statement of hopelessness. Abandon all hope, you who hinder here. This person's interpretation was, no, it is the answer to the problem. How do you get out of hell? And he gave the description of the devil in the deepest dimensions of hell who is frozen in a lake and is constantly beating his wings trying to get away from God. And the beating of the wings keeps the lake frozen. If he would give up his efforts to get away from God, he would be freed. The interpreter also pointed out that in Dante's Divine Comedy, the gates of hell are open, but nobody leaves because they're all trying to get out their own way. They're all trying, by their own efforts, to climb the walls and get out and to get away. But the gates are open. What lament does and what this powerfully dark psalm does is to say, 
give up your answer, your effort to fix the problems, your cheap answers to try to even defend God and explain the evil. These theodicies of defending God and explaining evil do not work. The Bible does not do that. It doesn't explain evil to us fully. What it gives us is God. What it gives us is the one who on the cross cried, My God, my God, why has you forsaken me? And got no answer at first. Until a few days later. In the writer of the Gospel of John, in his beautiful opening hymn, makes this powerful statement. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And the darkness has not overcome it. Let us pray.